This is Camille Kajuri and you're listening to Gallifrey Public Radio. And so you should keep your finger on the button and don't stop listening because uh, there's nothing better anywhere else. This is Gallifrey Public Radio, a weekly podcast dedicated to positive enjoyment of Doctor Who. We travel through classic and new episodes, explore the extended universe, and play a few games from time to time. We do discuss news, content that has been officially released, and the occasional interesting rumor, but we'll warn you before anything considered spoilers comes up. Welcome to episode 479 of Gallifrey Public Radio, where alien powers of suggestion still can't get us an air date for the power of the doctor. I'm Jay. I'm Julie. I'm Kier. And I'm Haley. This week, the Sarah Jane team learns that parental guidance isn't all it's cracked up to be, in the mark of the berserker. So, Ronnie comes across an alien artifact that can impress one's will on another, but at a cost. Uh, Sarah Jane being away on assignment, she chooses to store it at Bannerman Road House for safekeeping. We meet Clyde's parents, including his estranged dad, who turns out to be quite the jerk, and even more so when he gets his hands on the amulet. And a wild shopping, or more stealing, spree ensues, uh, and Clyde's father starts to succumb to the power of the alien tech, which attempts to turn him into a warrior of the berserker, seeking only to dominate and destroy. The entire team, including Sarah Jane, arriving at the nick of time, and even a surprise transatlantic cameo, have to rally to track down, detain, and ultimately defeat the berserker threat. Remember, Isaac Clyde Lang. Remember how you felt when you first met me? Remember how you came back for me? I remember. Look at the mirror. Look at your reflection. That isn't you. Just remember what you are. Remember, before the pendant, no berserkers, no mind control. (laughs) That's not you, Paul. You need to remember who you are. Similar to the the clown episode that we don't talk about anymore, uh, but on a much larger scale, we get a lot both from and about Clyde in this story. So what what are some of the things that that really stand stand out about this increasingly dimensional character? Uh, He cooks. He cooks at home. (laughs) He's a a good kid to his mouth. He's got Um, his little art projects. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wants to be the next Banksy. (laughs) I thought that was a really cool drop in. Yeah. I, although I, I got to say the, the, I make the joke about the cooking and things, but he is, he is a dutiful son. Yeah, he really is. He takes care of his mother. And as we start to learn more about the, you know, the reason why it's just he and his mom, that defensiveness, it rings true. I mean, you hear, you hear the story a lot. Um, 
you know, and you, you learn of a lot of kids who are in that position where they step up to be a parent protector because of something that they felt uh, was wronged uh, to them uh, at the hands of the other respective parent. Um, yeah, you, just, you gain a lot of, a lot of respect for Clyde in this story. A lot. Yeah, it's true. It's, it really did. I mean, the, I love the interactions between him and Luke. Like they're, they're, you really do see the two of them as, you know, as best mates. Now it's, it really is like taking on a life of its own, but you also get to see, uh, you get to see a more realistic view of Clyde and not the, not the Joker persona that he always puts on for everyone else. Now that shuts down pretty quickly in the story mm-hmm. and becomes a, uh, becomes a very interesting dynamic when you see him putting up his guard with his dad, but then also being very real with him and having that conversation. And then the flip of that, where he lets his guard down immediately with Sarah Jane and really admits to her what all of that means to him and and who he is, which uh, I feel like that's a a real reaction. Mm. And I kudos to the writing team for that uh, pinpoint. Yeah. Even prior to the, that real heart to heart with Sarah Jane in the, in the final minutes, which I think is probably some of the best, I should say, or, or some of the most realistic, um, conveyance of, of character that this show has done yet. I mean, Clyde was nearly in tears, you know, and, and he was the actor really carrying it. Um, but the going back to, as you're saying, them, him doing, what he can to step in and defend his mother when the dad shows up in the picture again and literally, you know, shielding in front of her kind of thing. Um, But then at the same time, there's that part of him that was somewhat arrested years back, however many years back when the dad walked out and when he gets an opportunity to sort of uh, have those moments that, 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 runaround experience with his dad and, and let, let me show you let me show you what i can do and what i've done and and starts sharing the secrets uh with him and everything um that that sort of rings true as well obviously it's you know sci-fi extrapolation and so forth but the idea of it going from a no i'm going to show you what my value is and when he starts to get positive response from his father from that and his dad's like, I can't believe what you've done. You know, you, he actually impresses him. That breaks down Clyde's guard very, very quickly. And in any other instance, maybe with any other character, I might think, no, nah, that was a little too abrupt how, how quickly he gave up the ghost on that one. But this this is accurate. You know, speaking from experience, you know, as a you know single parent kind of raised kid. Yeah, you 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 hold on to those things and and you're you remain vulnerable at the at the oddest times. So, with a big surprise thanks to mid 2000s video conference technology, we have Maria and her dad returning. How interesting was it to see them not only make an appearance but still have an integral part in the plot? Yeah, it was it was one of those things that like it it was a a nice surprise. Where a lot of times you have cameos like this that feel kind of forced. This did not feel like that. This felt like it was, it, it felt like a natural addition to the story while also serving a purpose. Mm. 
I, I was really surprised to see her again. I thought, you know, we got her farewell episode and then they brought in the replacement girl to be not Maria going forward. I didn't think we'd see her again. So I I was pleasantly surprised and it was well integrated. It's not like they just called her and was like, oh, hey, look, there's Maria doing stuff over in America. Like they, her and her dad actually did something that furthered the plot of this story. Yeah. yeah. I, li- I like the fact that it was, they kind of threw in like a little red herring with the, the digital postcard where it's like, hey, Maria, like it, it almost served as foreshadowing, but also as a dis- diversion because it was like, Oh, they they made reference to her. They named checked her. Okay, we're not going to see her. <laughs> and, and that you didn't see her. It was them saying hi to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Too. Like, yeah. slide that one in there. Couldn't get her to record it. And then, boom, there she is. Yeah, reminding you she exists, but we couldn't get the actor, <laughs> so we did this instead. And then, boop, surprise. And then you get them both assisting with the problem solving of the you know kind of the storytelling of what they were doing and the deus ex machina at the end where you get the Mm -hmm. sarah jane showed up because we did this extra step that no one thought of except Mm -hmm. us because we're awesome and (laughs) they i i think they said it a couple of times like oh Thought we left this behind. No, let me hack into this computer. Right, right. Thought we left right, this behind. Yeah. A wink. Ah, let me hack into <laughs> this computer. Just going to hack into unit, possibly. Well, when yeah. you're outside the UK, it's easier to hack oh, in. Oh, of course, but... yes, yes. Because all you have to do is, is just is, yes. yeah, put the, the plus button. zero one in front of it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> but that's, I I like the fact that, it, as you say, there's there's the element of, of giving justification for Sarah Jane's 11th hour return. Because if you didn't have that, just that little component, you're like, well, how did she really know just to show up there and then, you know? But it's also, even down to like the the little elements of the fact that, you know, uh, oh, hi, Maria. It, it's nice to see you. We actually need your dad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> your dad's the one with the uh, with the lead hacksaw fingers. and uh, But then she's the one with the idea of, hey, we need to go one step further and actually find Sarah Jane and get her there to solve the rest of this. Mm-hmm. It's, I I miss her. <laughs> I just, I really liked the dynamic that she and Sarah Jane had as well as how, her relationship a little bit more between her and the boys. I like Ronnie, but I miss Maria. I, I miss her dad too. Like, I like the relationship she has with her dad. And I miss her that. There was like the slightest little hint of, of, uh, I guess jealousy is the right word when Maria and Ronnie have to sort of introduce each other to, to one another on the call. Ronnie doesn't quite pick up on it. She's like, oh, yeah, it's really cool with all this alien stuff. Whoa. And Maria's just, yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. You know, yeah. that was my chair, by the way. <laughs> just so you know, that was my I chair. I didn't feel like it was – Really heavy, though. I think it, it was more just it, that she misses them. It just, I, I caught a look. And I think that's that's an excellent job on on her part uh, for making that actor's choice to just have a little kind of a, just a moment of, uh, yeah, and then move on. Oh, there's work to be done. Got it. Okay. Also, really nice rough morning looks for them when they <laughs> enter. Like, Ooh, yeah, it is. The sun is up, but apparently it's early. <laughs> well, uh, Middle of the springtime, sun's coming up at, you know, 5 a.m., 6 a.m. Well, I, I know. I'm just yeah. saying the 
it shows the time difference, which was very fun way to play with that. Yeah. And just the, the like, good job costume, because that was really great. <laughs> good job hair. That, that is, job I just hair. woke up hair. That is real. I just woke up hair. That's legit, yeah. They just didn't do anything to her when she got to set that day. They're like, no, just keep it. Yeah, and thankfully. They're like, take a nap on the couch real quick. <laughs> yeah, this needs to be authentic. And being teens and stuff, you don't have to worry about that thing that always bothers me in TV shows and things where uh, where an adult wakes up and she picks her head up off the pillow and yeah, her hair's a little mussed up, but she's still wearing five layers of makeup. Uh, did you really sleep with all that mascara on? I don't know. Well, I wanted to point out one thing that this, it's it's the only thing that pulled me from this story. Um, because I even love the ridiculousness of the, you know, the, the Porsche dealership and, and everything going <laughs> along with that. But we get to the marina and the, you know what to do, Clyde. <laughs> it leaves him with it. Okay, I'm going to brainwash my folks and then I'm going to chuck this thing into about 10 foot water. It's about as safe as Smeagol and the one ring there. Oh, it made me think of no. Jumanji. Okay. Yeah, yet, yet another instance. You could have done a little bit more. Heck, even uh, Jack Harkness gets buried under 15 feet of concrete. <laughs> Do better. I feel like this team needs to find the little sealed bags that Warehouse 13 has that oh, yeah, they the just bags. drop them in and it makes all the magic <laughs> go away. This team needs that. Well, Sarah Jane already has all sorts of alien artifacts up in her attic. Like, why wouldn't this just go up there, too? Uh, apparently because they get nicked. <laughs> this one talks to your head. It's much safer in the water. I, I like the fact that Sarah Jane, like, told Clyde, like, you know what to do. And you see him struggle with it. He's like, I've got everything I want at my fingertips. You know, and like it... And it's one of those things like you, of course, a 15 year old who just, you know, had this traumatic experience kind of thing. And like, it's like, I can fix all this. I can, you know, a 15 year old kid is going to think that like, mm -hmm. no, you, you don't see how simple it is. I can do this. And then, you know, has the realization of like, no, that's, that's not the way that it's going to work out and actually does what he needs to do to, to an extent. Um, <laughs> but that. The fact that, that Sarah Jane knows him well enough to know, like, you may struggle with it, but in the end, you're going to do what you need to do. And, and it goes back to to Julie's point earlier that that could have been the close of the story mm -hmm. right there and then. But they decided to put that coda on um, that little epilogue where they had the heart to heart. And it was it was a, a wonderful thing to see because it I, I think it changes a lot of. I would imagine that it had changed a lot of viewers' opinions of the character and his merits and his capability. You know, the last time that he had to really come to the forefront and step up, he did it by using his goof skills. That was yeah. his thing. <laughs> this just shows that he knows how to use his his powers at the at the right time. This is something new from him, uh, and I think it it sort of permanently changes your opinion of the character. At least it does for me. I feel like he's gonna go right back to being the main joker but you know that this okay. is there underneath waiting and is part of their relationship in between the on-camera moments mm. yeah and it that's that's true to form though because you think of like think of anybody that you know that is the the joker the the one that you know always cuts up or whatever and like 
even if you have a serious moment with them, that's not their personality. That's not what they, they go back to joking around and things like that. But when push comes to shove, they can, they can open up again. And I think that that's what we'll see from Clyde is that he's going to go back to joking around and, and being the cut up and things like that. But we'll be able to flip that switch and take things a bit more seriously moving forward. I think it also builds their relationships between each other because they have mm-hmm. the knowledge of who he really is and they trust that when it comes down to it, he will be there for them. Yeah, very much so. I don't know necessarily if Ronnie is in on that loop yet. Um, you know, as as you were saying earlier, Jay, Luke and, and Clyde's uh friendship has has deepened and solidified. It's it's legitimate is genuine i think ronnie's respect for sarah jane and her interest in her investigative skills and those things there that's there obviously luke and sarah jane have their thing there's a there's a piece of that that square that is still a little uh not not as well defined there's a, there's a one side of it and that's the that's the tether between ronnie and clyde well, really, even Ronnie moment. and Luke, that that's not a well-established friendship either. It, Ronnie's connection really is more with Sarah Jane. Like, she goes to school with the boys, but Sarah Jane is the one that she has a connection with. Mm, true. So we're going to have to have that very special episode pretty soon. <laughs> I think some of this, or some of that came out in this episode because she went to Sarah Jane first, she's not there, then has to rely on Luke Right, And they did a bit more of that traveling together, going to find Clyde's mom, mm-hmm. but they didn't have those quiet moments of actually developing that yet. So you're right. I think that's still more to come. She was at least pulled into the risk factor and the fact that Sarah Jane wasn't there to protect her dad when her dad was in particular danger. So that, that yeah. sort of brings her one layer further into it. So, How many hours was he doing push-ups and how sore is he going to be the next day? That's what uh, I want to see. Uh, That's the real cut. Yeah. He didn't even, tr- he couldn't even hold the glass up to drink the water. He, he just, just dumped it, it on his face. face. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So this being a teen show, the idea of using parent relationships as subplots in the story is pretty prevalent. Would we go so far as to say that it serves as a story arc or just a go-to subject matter? I, I think that it's, it's an inevitable thing when you have uh, younger uh, younger protagonists that the, it's something that most kids can relate to, whether, you know, directly, indirectly, it's, it's something that they can recognize and, uh, and, and kind of put them in a mindset to be like, this is, uh, I get what's going on without having to have it spelled out to them. I also feel like it makes it seem more real life because you don't have Maybe they exist, but it's not, I bet it's not as common to have kids who just run around and do whatever they want without some sort of parental guidance or interaction with their parents in some way. And even for a TV show, I feel like I've seen some where the kids just run about and have no one to drive them. It's like, how'd they get there? Or that kind of uh interaction really grounds it and allows you to put yourself in their shoes. And I think we've talked about this theme before where these types of shows allow a little bit more of the put 
put yourself into their shoes for kids of that age, which is a good thing. And so seeing this type of development where we've got good relationships between parental figure and the kid and then some that are not as healthy can allow you as the viewers to talk with your kids about it. And if you are a kid to even talk with your friends about it or have it be those topics of conversation. So I, I think it's, I don't know if that answers the question specifically, but I think it's, I think it's healthy and good uh, for, especially for a sci-fi show where they're trying to deal with aliens, right? It grounds it for real life. It, it was interesting in this particular episode, we got a lot of Clyde's mom, you know, Clyde's dad too, but he's gone. I will get more of Clyde's mom, I think. So she's the one driving the kids around because they can't drive, obviously. Um, but also we get at the end, I think, like the realest parental reaction we can expect to get, which is she finds out what her son's been doing. And she's like, well, I'm not going to allow that to continue because I was thinking that like I thought they were kind of go going to go the Maria's dad route where he just knows now like, oh, Clyde's mm -hmm. mom is going to be the one that just knows now what's going on. And seeing what we had seen, I couldn't imagine her being OK, allowing her son to continue doing this. I'm like, she's just not going to let him go over there anymore. Why would she? Um, yeah. So it, it was interesting to see that they had to go a different route with her than they did with Maria's dad when he found out. I I don't um, I don't know if it has reached the point where it is uh, sufficient connective tissue to be the arc, but I think it's getting there. I think maybe more in the first season. It was as as you all have said. It's kind of the the touchstone for the viewing audience for obvious reasons. Um, you know, you have your your sort of your external conflicts and your internal conflicts are those ones that 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 hit more in the heartstrings rather than dealing with the the daring do and the big bads. And as we get more from the kids, as we get more of the sides of these these relationship triangles or quadrangles going, it's it's getting to the point, and I think a lot of that is maybe hinted at with the little stinger at the end, um, with Sarah Jane mentioning the fact that she didn't know her parents, they died in infancy, she would give anything to see them again and that kind of thing. So now we've got Sarah Jane involved in this where she is not only taking a, at times, the maternal role, but now we get, as we had in that, uh, I forget which episode it was, where we did the little, the, the flashback and on the pier with the, you know, the swapping out the, the drowning victim and that kind of thing, mm -hmm. was, we got was her, her childhood connections too, again. There for the audiences, uh, the, the target audience's sake to say, okay, no, I, I get this. I can, I can relate to this. Maybe it is sort of, sort of becoming more of a thing where you could say that those relationships outside of the monster of the week or alien of the week are the arc connective tissue. I, I don't know if it's there yet, but I think it's becoming more and more to the forefront as we get to know these characters better and as they deepen. Uh, in their uh, in their presentation, it's almost like we like them and want to know about their lives. Jeez, look what happens when you get content you get to enjoy regularly. Oh, I couldn't possibly be it. Well, with the. The air date for the 2022 fall special looking less likely for October 16th and more likely for the 23rd, that puts us in a difficult timing to fit an episode in before it airs. So uh, we're going to sit on our hands, curse the BBC drama department, 
and come back to review The Power of the Doctor whenever the hell it shows up. Yep. I but haven't lost my shiny been... quarter yet. <laughs> no, no, no one has technically <laughs> lost their quarter. But this at true. this point, because of all of our respective schedules, we don't know if the certain people who need to claim that quarter will actually be around to pull that quarter <laughs> off the desk. It's going to be a poop show. Well, this has been episode 478 of Gallifrey Public Radio. Until next time, this is Jay saying, man, if I had the power of suggestion, I'd really get a sandwich right now. <laughs> and this is Kier saying, I got to sign off and get some rest because tomorrow morning I'm starting the Berserker push-up challenge. <laughs> This is Julie saying, there's got to be a better way to get a tattoo than to rely on a, a berserker amulet. <laughs> uh, this is Haley saying, if our luck holds true with news developments, uh, the special is actually going to air while we're recording. Nice. <laughs> we'll see you next time. I'm on Z. Cheers. Bye. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Gallifrey Public Radio. Want to keep the conversation going? You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, or just send us a good old-fashioned email to feedback at gallifreypublicradio.com. You can also give us a phone call at 754-225-5477. That's 754-CALL-GPR, and you may hear your voice on a future episode of the show. Everything's got to end sometime, otherwise nothing would ever get started. Join us next week for a brand new episode.